Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, the show I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. My name is Matt Wakeling, and thank you so much for joining me for episode number 100. All right, I don't usually play on the show, but you know, it's a special occasion, so a couple of celebratory guitar licks could be in order, but seriously, thank you to the listeners that we have all around the world. It's it's very humbling to know this show um, over the last two and a bit years has reached so many people, and my, my huge thanks and appreciation go out to you, our listeners, and also our wonderful guests that have got us to this point. Here's to 100 more episodes, hey? Now today, we speak to our friend Mike Melenda, who you might remember from episode number 39, when we spoke in depth about his role as senior editor at Guitar Player Magazine, a role he held for over two decades. Now today, Mike speaks candidly about what went down when Guitar Player Magazine's new owners no longer had a place for him and other full-time staff. Mike tells us about his exciting new project, The Guardians of Guitar, which will be full Melinda mode without commercially imposed restrictions. How he continues to say yes to new opportunities, why he's still as committed to evangelizing the guitar as ever before, and what he learned from Captain Kirk from the Starship Enterprise. It's a great conversation, so let's head to that straight away. Michael Melinda, welcome back to the Guitar Speak podcast. I love talking to you guys. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Now, last time we spoke, Michael, was in March 2017, which, of course, marked your 20th year at Guitar Player and the 50th year of Guitar Player as a publication. Um, in late 2018, we, we speak under slightly different circumstances. Do you, do you want to talk through um, what happened when Future Publishing took on New Bay Media, who is was the publisher of Guitar Player? Yeah, well, I think everything seemed okay. You always are a little bit nervous when uh, your company gets because, you know, everybody could get their walking. But uh, Future seemed like in these brands, we believe uh, in print. Uh, you know, we know you had some frustrations with New Bay Media. What can we do to help? And then uh, a few weeks after that, everything just kind of went completely upside down and they pretty much I think they laid off like 50 people including me and uh Paul Haggard who was a longtime art director pretty much the entire staffs of all the California publications anyone who wasn't a freelancer who had a full-time salary was kind of shown wow the door wow, that's big. so so that was a little yeah yeah it was and you know and, and this affected guitar world too uh you know the editor of guitar world got let go um and uh, there was just a lot of shuffling. And I mean, I, I get it. It was a uh, cost-cutting move, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, we hear a lot these days in the States. Um, but uh, it was just, it was strange. I mean, I felt bad about it because I kind of got the call when I was in Poland at this uh, Jimi Hendrix festival. Uh, and, you know, I thought it was just me, you know, which sucks but when i the next day when my phone started blowing up and everybody else started saying well you know i what happened i got shown the door i got shown yeah, the door i got shown the okay. door i'm like oh my god this is like a massive this is like a mass killing going on okay. here so i actually felt worse about that uh, 
For sure, for sure. I mean, that's a huge thing. And it's not a new thing when, when companies get acquired. But of course, when it happens to you and, and people you've worked with with a long time, obviously, that's a really hard, a hard deal. Yeah, and, you know, it was a little weird, you know, the topsy-turviness of it. You know, I mean, I mean they could have just said, hey, we don't know what we're going to do. You know, let us look at the financials. Let us figure things out. And, you know, we'll, everything's normal. But, you know, we'll, let's get back to when we kind of know what the future will hold. And then everybody could have kind of went, well, okay, you know, we're, this could end badly for us. But, you know, it was kind of interesting in that quote unquote interesting way that they kind of made it look like everything was going to be fine you know yeah, we're, we're going to yeah. help, yeah. help you guys out and, mm-hmm. and uh you know since then uh yeah i don't really have any complaints how they treated me i've done a few articles for guitar players since being let go but um it just marked an you know a kind of a, a sea change in at least our uh publishing company because you know it just everything you know cost cutting just became the thing and uh i mean the the person who's editing guitar player now isn't even a full-time editor which makes me feel like i guess i was a slacker if i had to do it full-time as a job (laughs) i don't know maybe i should have yeah maybe i should have done it part-time and had a couple other jobs you know (laughs) but uh (laughs) but it, it just shows how much um you know, it becomes a different thing because the the people that are leading it are not so much about the community of guitars that, you know, I served for 20 plus years or that the uh, the community that served bass player magazine or electronic musician or keyboard or for that guitar world, even though, um, you know, guitar world seems to be, you know, New Bay Media and the people that own guitar world are in New Bay Media invested pretty heavily in, in digital. So yeah. they've got a pretty well... You know, pretty great community of uh, you know YouTube views and Facebook, and so I think they're being you know funded okay. But the California books, you know, guitar player, like I mentioned, keyboard, bass player, and uh, electronic musician are just you know, you know, I don't want to sound like you know a whiny person who got shown the door and is now tossing mud at the uh, company that that the uh, laid them off but it's you know for the california magazines guitar player bass player electronic musician and keyboard uh it's just not what it was i guess i could just say that you know it is the level of attention that the editors paid to those magazines the level of resources that they had to serve the communities that they served has just been you know cut pretty pretty significantly so um i guess we'll see what the future holds yeah it's 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 interesting from an outside perspective. I mean, incredibly sad as well. But we, when we spoke again March last year, uh, we were talking about the idea of um, you know digital medias and and what does that mean for for print organisations and and the shifting sand there and um, and when other companies yeah take on these things. So I guess it's a pretty sad but um, accurate picture of what what can happen in in that world at the moment. Yep. Set, yeah. Uh, time. Time marches on. I probably should have gone into uh, pharmacology or something like that. <laughs> Michael, one thing I miss, and and friends of mine who are GP readers miss, are your editorial columns. Now, very often they, those those editorials include like a call to arms, you know, for guitar players to try new things or to stir up a passion or 
approach something differently or you know, to evangelize the guitar. And it, it's it's interesting. It looks like you've taken your own advice from those columns and um, you've jumped into some other projects. I saw you you got involved in some A&R work. Is that, is that still going on? Uh, that's still going on. That that was a uh, a really nice thing that a a good friend did for me. Uh, you know, Ted Mason, who used to be um, uh, having a senior moment. He used to be in uh, the band that uh, you know, I'll stop the world and melt with you. Who are those guys? Do you remember them? I don't remember those guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, this is this is crashing and burning, but. Uh, <laughs> he, um, started a label called MI5, which is under the Universal Music Group uh, auspices. And uh, they he works out of New York, and the New York office, not surprisingly, does a lot of urban stuff and, and things like that. But he reached out and said, um, well, you know, why don't you try, you know, being a VP of international guitar instrumentals in California or West Coast uh, rock and roll? So... You know, once again, it's not its not anything that's going to have me go out and buy a mansion or drive my favorite Jaguar around, but um, it was just, it was nice of him to give me something to do so I didn't feel completely shattered by, you know, losing a job that had been part of my life for uh, for for 20 years. Sure, and um, yeah. so, you know, it does give me the opportunity to go out and give uh guitar instrumentalists a chance to, to reach a, a larger audience which which is awesome you know it also gives me a chance if i hear some uh you know rock bands because i'm still you know into uh you know singing and rock and roll and good songs and all that kind of stuff so uh also gives me an opportunity to look uh, around for people you know in bands like that see if i can bring them to a larger audience so i'm, I'm really jazzed about that uh, i don't have anybody uh coming to the forefront yet but uh i'm definitely keep my eyes open yeah cool very cool so are there any releases we should look out for or is that what you mean you're still keeping i'm still uh, stuff? you know it's an, it's an interesting thing because uh you know you, you look at the contracts that you know the label is putting out and you know, I, I want to be fair to everybody. And, and quite frankly, you know, Ted and MI5 wants to be fair to everybody, too. So, you know, there's been a process of trying to get the, the contracts to a point where, you know, I'm I'm happy with them and the artists are happy with them and Universal's happy with them and Ted's happy with them. So that that's taken a bit of time. But I mean, there are some exciting things. Uh, I know everybody says this, which is frustrating because I wish I could just tell you what's happening. But I don't want to pay any confidence until... Uh, things happen but there are some you know some significant instrumental guitar players who uh are looking to come on board so uh hopefully i'll be able to announce that you know in the, in the new year yeah fantastic it, and yeah the instrumental guitar if you if you dig a little bit under the mainstream surface there's a lot of that going on and um what, from here i'm seeing through the you know even the prog scene um animals as leaders and uh, Pliny, the Australian guitar player, you know, doing some great, great stuff around the world. So, um, yeah, it's still alive and well, that scene, even if it's not totally visible on your uh, commercial sort of outlet. So that sounds cool. Yeah, well, they're not they're not looking for me to bring them hits. I mean, it was nice of Ted to go, you know, let's use your 
reputation of what you've done, you mm-hmm. know, just to bring incredible artists, which I mean, that that's so nice of him to say. And it's it's something that I would want to do, because, I mean, it, you know, as you know, everything I've evangelized and supported throughout my guitar player years. And I mean, you know, I want to go after interesting people, whether they're 75 years old or, you know, a seven year old you know, alien who can play guitar like crazy. You know, I want to mm-hmm. promote female guitarists uh, more. Uh, I want to, you know, promote people with uh, interesting I- ideas and not just, um, you know, shredding. I don't have anything against that, but but uh, there's a, other labels that put that stuff out. So I, I'd kind of like, you know, uh, what I bring to the fore to be something either melodic or really, really strange. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's uh and, and uh you know an equal amount of uh male and and female signings just to try to you know not be so focused on guys much as you know i'm a guy myself I, I i love you know guy guitar players but i think it's time that we also promoted some of the hot female guitar players and i mean hot performance wise of course um, yeah yeah so so yeah this is a good opportunity for definitely, me. Definitely, definitely. Well, that, that might lead us to Guardians of Guitar now. Um, when I saw this, I got very excited like a lot of people, not because we knew what you were doing, but we just saw you were doing something, and we thought, yeah, let's sign on and see what happens. Um, so I think my first contact, I saw a Facebook post that you're starting mm-hmm. up this Guardians of Guitar. What, what's that all about? Tell us, what's your vision with this? Well, uh you know, after getting uh, kicked out of GP, you know, I, you know, had to kind of sit down and reassess where I kind of where I kind of was because, you know, it was interesting when that happened, and I was really gratified, and it made me feel, uh, you know, so nice that so many people came out and said, "Hey, man, don't worry about it. You're going to get a job in five minutes. You know, everybody in the industry, blah blah blah," but. You know things are tough right now, and to be honest with you, the phone really didn't didn't ring. So I'm flipping out, going, you know, geez, should I go work for Amazon? You know, should I, should I try to work yeah, for yeah. Apple? I, and and then I calmed down a bit and just said, you know, had a kind of a conversation with myself that I've been so lucky my entire life that I've pretty much been able to do things that brought me joy, things that I really enjoyed, rather than just put um, you know, money on the table to buy food or pay for the house or whatever. And, you know, that doesn't happen to everybody. And, and I kind of had to realize that, well, once again, I just been incredibly lucky that I've had this kind of life. So I kind of reasserted my joy, so to speak. You know, it happened, it sounds like I'm being a hippie now. But, and, you know, what do I really want to do with the, the third phase of my working career? And I don't think it's writing technical manuals for, you know, the latest software company or, or whatever. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, now, you know, to be honest with, you know, you and your community, you know, I mean, I still need a full-time job, but I also looked at just doing some freelance work for guitar player and seeing where that was going. And, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong or it's bad but it, it's different than than when i was there and the community of people that i served 
I mean, they kind of know it's different too. I mean, no, they may not know it's different enough to no longer subscribe to the magazine or no longer pay attention to it, but they know that something's changed. Uh, you know, that the charity aspect that I was always, you know, a huge proponent of mm, is yeah, gone. Yeah. It's GP really launching any charity initiatives in the future. Um, you know, the budgets are just too tight. Uh, I don't see them reaching out and promoting, you know, new players or young players. You know, once again, the you look at the magazine, they're pretty much sticking to the, you know, let's hit the mainstream cats up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just felt, all right, well, if anybody does, you know, give a crap about what I stood for there and, you know, maybe I should just do that again somewhere else. And hopefully some of that community will, who enjoyed what, and you know, not just me, but enjoyed what we all did at Guitar Player from Art Thompson, Matt Blackett, Barry Cleveland, you know, all the way, all the great editors that have been there and freelancers, uh, you know, Jimmy Leslie and, and, and so on. You know, to have a, a home where we could kind of all be and do the things that we always wanted to do. So, so that came up with the Guardians of Guitar idea, uh, which is basically a content website. You know, it's nothing new or innovative. It's just me kind of doing the same thing you mentioned earlier. You know, me doing the editorials, me looking for new artists to promote, me looking for. Uh, you know, charity things to uh, embrace and, and bring to, to people and, and just evangelize guitar playing um, as strongly as I, I can because I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody, you know, anymore. You know, I, I'm out of that corporate life and although it would be great if Guardians of Guitar got some advertising to promote it, you know, I'm going to do it full on Melinda, whether I get a buck to keep the thing going or not. Uh -huh. So, um, it's really a pure location for me to bring the editors and writers that I trust and respect to do the kind of things that, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess unfettered, you know, I, mean, I can talk about women. I can talk about, I can talk about 17 year olds. I could talk about Joe Satriani, I, I could do whatever I want to do and I can continue to, uh, you know, as you said earlier so nicely, you know, kind of push people in directions, uh, you know, that they might not have considered or that they might have been afraid to go and, and just kind of be that cheerleader that, you know, hey, we can all do this together. You know, no different than what I did at Guitar Player, but, mm -hmm. you know, once again, I'm being kind of redundant here, but it just, I, this is an unfettered place for me to do this without any interference or worries about commerciality at all i can speak directly to those people that have followed me in the magazine for 20 years without fear of any kind of um well censorship's too hard a word but i, I think you know what i, I mean yeah I, I'm, I'm speaking italian now i'm just blathering <laughs> this, this is awesome it this reminds me of something kind of special after after our interview last year we, we sort of wrapped things up and one of the last things you said to me was you just really encouraged me to value my independence for this podcast and um mm -hmm. and and don't sell that off cheaply and um it's interesting that you know you now you talk about being unfettered by any commercial kind of restraints so how i guess you've already answered but i'm just wondering how does that advice now apply back to you or what sort of things can you do that, that you perhaps couldn't do it at GP? 
I think that um, I mean, just talking to the, the publisher who hired me uh, back '97, uh, Ross Garnick, and he said that it's interesting because what kind of happened to everybody—a guitar player? What happened to the guitar publishing industry? It's it's kind of it was kind of you know presaging what is happening in America, you know, uh, uh, politically and culturally about you know corporations kind of ruling the world. And, you know, not that that's a surprise. I think if you go back to the robber barons of the 1800s, you know, I mean, uh, the wealthy have always kind of set the tone for where we're going, you know. Um, but uh, when I first started in this industry, if a product, let's say, wasn't awesome, you know, you, you just said, okay, it's not awesome because of these reasons. And you know, you didn't have to be mean about it. Um, we did things like shootouts where we would compare one guitar to another guitar, one yeah, amp to another yeah. amp. Yeah, I remember those well. And, um, and, you know, it's not like that didn't cause any consternation on the part of the manufacturers, um, but they were okay with it because we could say, you know, we have this audience and, you know, e even if, you know, even a little bit of bad press is better than no press at all. But as things started changing and the manufacturers uh, got stronger and could kind of look at the magazines and say, you know, hey, we're going to pull our ads for two months or a year or whatever if, if you don't, if you give us a crappy review. Um, then things kind of turned around and that was uh, a huge sea change and a concern uh, for me. Now, you know, I have to say that nobody at Guitar Player ever lied about a product or said it was good if it didn't. But there were some instances where if something really got a bad review, we just didn't review it. Um, you know, if you, that kind of, you can't say something nice about something that's yeah, sure. at all. Sure. Um, if, uh, if we said some, uh, have we had some concerns about a product and the manufacturer got really tough with the, the sales team about that, you know, we would still say it, but it might be muted somewhat. Um, and, uh, it, I would always say to the manufacturers, Hey, with the digital era and news groups and, and peer sites and all this, and just, you know, people talking on Facebook, it's like, if, if your switch doesn't work and I don't mention that, or I say it works okay, then, um, you know, guitar player is going to be resoundly slaughtered for not telling the truth. You know, you can't if your switch doesn't work you can't hide from that i mean you could sit there and lord over guitar player and threaten to pull your ads and maybe we make some accommodation because of that but you're still the word is still going to get out at that um well it's getting out there by a small website or it's getting out there by a small news group and you know it's not going to be as big as guitar player as we both know, those resonances um, you know, don't, don't quiet down. So I, I think when it comes to um, the independence thing is for Guardians of Guitar, uh, you know, I'm not going to take ads from the big peeps or the little peeps. So if my community or our community, uh, hey, it would be really awesome if there was a shootout between this pedal and that pedal, or if it was a shootout between... Uh, new semi-hollow guitars, you know, what's the best? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
once again, we get back to that unfettered thing. Uh, I can really say what works and doesn't work for certain types of players. I mean, I don't think, I mean, it's funny because sometimes I'd be sitting around at a gig or something and somebody would say, uh, oh man, you guys are in the pockets of the manufacturers and you don't say anything bad about anything. And I would say, well, manufacturing today is pretty awesome. It's not like it was when I started playing guitar in the late 60s, early 70s, mm-hmm. when you know my first guitar was an absolute piece of crap. It <laughs> should have thrown into a you know a fireplace and burned up and never, never you know had anybody play it. But yeah, today, yeah. that's really bad. You know, all you can really do is say for this type of player or that type of player, it might work or not work. But you know, even then, uh, when you talk about advertising and the strength of that you know things could maybe get a little bit weird it's like do you have to say that um you know can, can you say it this way and i i kind of regretted all those little gymnastics and once again i know i'm blathering on but we didn't we, we never lied to the public but it wasn't as explicit as i would like it to be and we were absolutely told that we could not do shootouts anymore because okay, it was okay. just asking for trouble you uh-huh. know uh, you compare one product to another product, and the product wins. Yeah, um, that's that's bad uh, for uh, commerce. And as the as the Fenders and Gibsons and Korg USA's and Marshall Amps, you know, develop their own communities with their own websites and you know digital uh, you know communities, they less and less needed uh, magazines like Guitar Player or Guitar World or Guitarist UK or whatever, and you know, their influence became kind of heavy, you know, not not dictatorial heavy or not scary horror movie heavy. But you definitely knew um, if you cut them, the manufacturers too deep, you might be losing a few thousand dollars worth of ad revenue. Yeah, there's that, that tension, isn't there? And yet at the same time, there is a very... Um a very visible independent movement. If, if you're interested in a piece of gear and you Google it, you'll find the manufacturer's blurb and, and their, their glowing review of it. But you'll find a million, you know, talk boards or whatever we call them these days, forum, online forums, when people will, they will tell you the truth about that dodgy switch or whatever it is. So the, um, I guess the upside of this digital age is that there is that whole independent um, sector which will just you know, ruthlessly, you know, talk about how this gear works on a gig or in a real world situation. Yeah, and I'm not really interested in, you know, it's not like uh, the Guardians of Guitar that I'm going, ooh, now I can get back. <laughs> <laughs> at all, sure, you know, yeah. Now, yeah. If you if you slap me on the hand five or ten years ago, I'm going to get you now. You know, it's not, it's, it's not about that. And I think sometimes it's not even about... Um, you know, uh, reviews, I think education is still huge. And I think, you know, how we use these tools and, and, and sharing different ideas about how to use these tools, uh, uh, is, is really important. So I'm not even necessarily going to look at reviewing products as, uh, you know, well, this sucks or that sucks. I mean, obviously if you know, it does, you have to say that, but I think it's going to be more about, you know, how you can deploy this tool in an interesting and meaningful way for whatever, um, you know, style of music you're playing. 
I think that's more important than just saying, hey, the switch sucks, you know, or whatever. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Hey, I see you've already interviewed some really great players. I think you mentioned you spoke to Richard Thompson and Nita Strauss, just to mention a couple. So that, that's a couple of, couple of great things to look forward to. Yeah, the, the Richard Thompson uh, interview was actually uh, something I did for a guitar player for a cover story that's coming up. But I, I had a lot of data from him, obviously, that uh, couldn't fit in the guitar player story. So mm-hmm. I will definitely use that for Guardians. And, and for Nita, uh, I, that, was, that was a Guardians review, which, which was great. I mean, she's awesome. She um, was very appreciative of the coverage that you know, we gave her or, or I helped give her uh, at GP. And, you know, she didn't really care that I was doing, if I was doing it for guitar player or not, she wanted to do something for Guardians, which was awesome. That's great. Nice. I, I, I won't be surprised if a lot of this reciprocal um, stuff happens, you know, people that, that you've really helped and and um, and lifted up at, at GP. You know, I, I very much doubt that um, that you won't see a lot of that coming in. I think I think that's really cool. Yeah, I hope so. But, you know, then again, I always thought that, you know, I'd get at least 17.3 phone calls about a new job. <laughs> so you know, I never take that for granted. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's wise as well, I guess. Now, I'm, I am very excited because obviously in all your work, I've seen a lot of integrity and now to see you do it, yeah, like you said, freely in your own space, I think is great. What's the... um. What's the timeline? You, you talk about a website uh, coming. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, it would be awesome if I could get it completely up uh, by January 2019, you know, hopefully before the, the U.S. NAM show. So, uh, oh, yeah, great. Because that's coming up the middle of January 2019. It would be great to, you know, have it up before then. You know, once again, not because I'm going to be looking for advertising, but, you know, there's a whole bunch of, there's a bunch of new gear and things that I'd like to, um, you know, take a look at and share with readers and also just kind of reconnect with people so they know that I didn't, you know, die in a horrible train accident or something. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. <laughs> I'm still around something. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's awesome. That's so cool. So um, January 2019, hopefully. What's the best way for people to sort of jump on board now and, and, and keep up to date? Well, uh, there is a, I, I did kind of do a soft launch on the social stuff. So there is a Guardians of Guitar uh, Facebook page, a Twitter page, and uh, Instagram uh, site. Uh, you can just, people can just kind of email me at mike at guardiansofguitar.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm definitely open to covering anyone and everyone. There's room for everybody. Uh, so if, if you have a, you know, a cool video or I think you have a cool story about, you know, your guitar playing, then, you know, feel free to, to, to get a hold of me that way. And, and also, um, you know, as we d- discussed earlier, you know, I do have this label. So not only can I do uh, articles and help promote <clears throat> new artists or old artists or enduring artists, but I can also uh, put stuff out into the uh, the mainstream if something seems great. And, you know, an artist and I could come to terms about, you know, the contracts and all that. I mean, I, I mean, I just have an amazing opportunity to just promote uh, playing on so many different levels. Awesome, man. And that's, that's right in your ballpark. So I'm so, yeah, I'm so pleased you're still in, engaged in that way and, and if anything, given a new, a new lease on that. 
Can I can I ask you two more questions? Slightly, slightly left left of this. How how is your band going? Trouble with monkeys. <laughs> well, we we just played. Um, it's it's going it's going great. I, I want to kind of upgrade it for two thousand nineteen, but yep. it's uh, a struggle when um, you know you know a your wife's in the band, b a couple people have full time jobs. So sure. you know I always get all I always get all like oh we could do this we could play some casinos we can tour California we could go to we could play a cruise uh, but you know so I don't know how much of that stuff I'm going to be able to do just because uh, everyone you know has lives damn them um, <laughs> they should they should be committed to the monkeys 24 7 that's it but um <laughs> yeah but we do have a, you know we have a, a record I'm, I'm putting out next year which is six uh monkey songs done our way and uh three original songs so that's kind of exciting oh, right. and, and i guess you know you talked about this with your community that uh you know one of the things that kind of helped with the monkeys record was that you know nobody wants to license or wants to avoid licensing original masters these days because it's so expensive and also sometimes that you know a movie or a ad company or a tv show won't want the same old same old so doing uh covers that are different than the original tracks and uh that are a little stranger than the original tracks there's actually a a market for licensing there which i I never would have known until i started talking about doing this record nice and if, if people don't know trouble with monkeys is michael's really i guess amped up slightly punked up uh, version of monkey songs which is great how do you know you guys were writing originals too that's that's pretty cool uh well once again you know the the label you know which you know which is also mi5 deal out of that too in addition to working for them which was great um you know they were very embracive and just said uh we love how these monkeys songs sound um you know, but it'd be also nice to hear, you know, your own voice. So, uh, I mean, it's a little weird from a marketing standpoint. Like, I don't really know. You know Hi, here's six monkey songs done kind of punked and rocked up. And oh, here's three songs by, you know, guys that you've never heard of, you know, that have nothing to do with the monkey. But um, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to flex my writing muscles a, a, a little bit. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I know everybody puts a record that say they're excited about it, but, but kind of having to think about uh, writing and all that stuff, and then being able to, uh, and you know, and playing in a band is is awesome, but it's not like making a record, as you well know. So, sure. you know, having to kind of, you know, do what a lot of my readers and what a lot of your uh, listeners have done is really buckle down and you know figure out what makes a great recording. And it's right in front of you. You're not talking about it anymore from a theoretical standpoint. It's like, you know, the deadline's <laughs> coming and um, you've, you've got to actually figure out uh, how you can make the best record you can make. That that kind of kicks your butt. Absolutely. What, um, over some guitar nerdy, what, what rig are you, are you using for this stuff? Uh, I'm using uh, the... 76 Les Paul Heritage that I was like my first real guitar that I bought, you know, in 76. Awesome. Um, I'm using uh, 
that uh, Gretsch Electromatic that uh, I kind of converted into a fake monkey's guitar with uh, the monkey's logo uh, pick guard and uh, things like that. Um, oh, I've got, you know, you know, I've been using that Reeves Gabrell's, uh, the Reverend uh, Reeves Gabrell's dirt bike, which is a single pickup yeah, that guitar. Yeah, that's super cool. Uh, with the Wilkinson, Wilkinson Tremlo. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, man, because they've got that contour switch on those Reverends that you know, and it's, Although it's one pickup, it's pretty, it's pretty versatile, and it's, you know, the neck is faster than I can go, uh, which is always good. And and the Wilkinson's interesting. I mean, it's kind of made me. I have to kind of keep my hands off it, or else everything will be like you know, whammy <laughs> there. <laughs> Every two seconds, it's pretty bad. Um, You're not alone. And, and I think, uh, oh, my calling's two ninety, and then uh, it's fairly simple with the amps. I've just either used a the box or i've just used um you know some software stuff the producer jerry stucker i actually don't know what he was plugging me into it might have been a sans amp plugin or something like that it was probably a sans amp uh -huh. and you know at first it's kind of ah you know i think we just need to mic amps up i want to kind of keep that 60s vibe going but you know plugging into the uh the plug-in was pretty awesome too i didn't feel like i was giving anything away or you know i mean once again it's so funny because as as editor guitar player i said you shouldn't care about what you plug into you should just you make sure <laughs> the idea you want to get across exactly you want to get across and then i'm sitting there doing this myself for this record getting all paranoid and freaked out and going gee i don't know <laughs> it's just funny yeah sure Although, as you always, you would always, you know, you know, talk up something that actually worked, you know. So whatever road got you to a great tone, um, I think you're always into that kind of thing too. And as a studio guy, with your background, um, yeah, if you can pragmatically pull a great tone and, and make it an easy, an easier path, that's that's all cool too. Yeah, but sometimes, like when when you do this yourself, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're confident. You know, I'm kind of. I mean, everybody thinks I'm confident, but I'm kind of one of those guys that's always, you know, I feel like I'm always two steps away from making the worst mistake of my life. <laughs> so it is interesting. I'll just, just sit there and go, oh, God, was that Ben really in tune? Is that tone really back? Is it, am I really doing what I should be doing? I mean, it's just, it, it's really, I'll have to write a you know, editor's note to myself not to get so wrapped up in my own head. Yeah, Stop sure. Stop my being yeah. <laughs> Do that, do that. I reckon there's some, I think there's probably some past editorials exactly like that you could draw on. I'm sure you right. <laughs> I'll have to reread them. <laughs> Definitely. But I'll, 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 send you, I'll, I'll send you the tracks when you're done. You can. Yeah, I'd love, love to hear you can that. have a listen to it. That'd be awesome. That'd yeah. be really cool. Man, thank you for speaking so candidly. Can I ask you one final question? And this might relate to music or it might relate to anything. What, what's, what's your advice to people facing a, a, a sea change as, as you have? What's your advice to people for people to move forward from that? Well, the funny thing was, uh, this is going to sound really, it's funny you ask that question because I've been thinking about that a lot. And, and what's also going to be kind of funny is uh, I was reading William Shatner's latest book. <laughs> yes. um, and, uh, it was interesting because he said, yeah, I've been around for 80 something years and I can't, 
really say that I have any knowledge about anything that would help anybody do anything. I can only say what I would work for me. Mm-hmm. Reading this book from Shatner, as he said, he's been around for 80 years, and people ask him, well, you know, how do I do this, or how to become, an, what's the best thing to do, become an actor, or live a good life, or whatever. And he, and he said, I don't really know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm still learning myself, but I, can't, I can only say what worked for me. And one of the things that he said worked for him was just saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, although that sounds a little bit like a hippie thing, I thought it was a marvelous, a marvelous thing, especially looking at my sea change. It's like, yeah, yeah, the opportunities present themselves. You should just say yes. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be fearful. You shouldn't have any trepidation. You shouldn't, you know, drive yourself crazy going, is this a good move or a bad move? Let me do my A, B, and C, uh, you know, arguments about, you know, is what should I do? And and I just thought that was that was amazing. And and especially, you know, people will say we have to learn new skills now. There's certain gigs that uh, in journalism, especially where technology has, has changed it. And it's, it's probably not going to go back, back to what it was. And I know a fair amount of fellow journalists who just haven't been able to make the change to social networking or things like that. And as a result, we've kind of lost the benefit of their um, intelligence and their writing chops and their view of the world because they're just not doing, you know, they lost their jobs. You know, I know a lot of people that you know, went to school with who worked for newspapers who were just laid off as well, and they just stopped because they didn't want to learn the new thing. And I think that's a tragedy. You know, whether you're a writer and now you have to learn how to use Twitter or whether you're a guitar player who is looking at the way the music industry is today and, or, and you know, do I have to do a, a YouTube video to get an audience? And I don't know if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to comb my hair or, you know, yep, sure. put on a nice shirt or whatever. Uh, I think that, you know, you, you can't stop progress. All you can do is manage your uh, relationship with how the future is moving you. So... Once again, back to Captain Kirk, I just think that, yeah, I'm just saying yes. I'm saying yes to social networking. I'm saying yes to the way the world works today. I'm just, I just don't want to quiet myself down or get cranky or go, hey, it's not the way I learned, so I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all we can do is say, yeah, changed, and uh, I'm going to change with it. I'm still going to be me. I'm just going to be me in a different direction. So I think that's the only advice I can give to, to anybody is not to get bummed out about where things are going because, man, that's not anybody's fault. You know, the world changes and we have to, you know, you, it's like that adapt or, or shut up thing. Mm-hmm. Does that, that make any sense at all? Yeah, just go? absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's that's great. And um, I guess, like I've already said, I'm really excited that you're still going to be you, but just in a slightly different space. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to what next year brings. It looks like... That's going to be an exciting year for you and, and uh, yeah, all of us in this guitar community you speak of. So, Michael, thank you so much for speaking to me again. Thank you for saying yes when I emailed you. And, yeah. um, oh, of course. And thanks, you know, I really appreciate, you know, you reaching out and even, you know, and like I said, I never take anything for granted. And I just, I just really appreciate you reaching out and wanting to hear this story of what's happening next with me. So thank you very much and thank you to all your listeners. I, I really appreciate it. 
All right, there you go. My conversation with Mike Melender. Always love speaking to him. And the links to Guardians of Guitar social media and the website itself will be found in our show notes. I can't encourage you enough to like or follow those pages. And then uh, when the site launches in full, you'll be right up to date with that. Okay, it's almost time for me to go. Before I go though, remember we are on Facebook and Instagram. You can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or we're now on Spotify or Stitcher Radio or heaps of other places. Head to guitarspeakpodcast.libson.com and there's all the options there for you to chase up. Thanks again for 100 episodes for sticking with me. I'm going to jam out. My name's Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak Podcast. And I'll catch you next time. Bye now.